0: This is Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in usually 10 minutes or less. I'm your co host, Hannah Seymour, also the firstborn daughter of Michael Easley. So if I taunt him or poke at him, you know, it's all in love. He, it's okay.
1: 100%.
0: Today's question hey, comes hey, from. Hey, hey, before you
1: talk about the question, they can oh, watch we on to. YouTube.
0: They can. You can watch on YouTube. So if yeah. you watch videos on YouTube, come on over and subscribe. Just search Michael Easley in context. That is the name of our ministry. You can probably find it by searching for Ask Doctor E Michael Easley. And you can
1: see my beautiful yeah, firstborn daughter. I mean, you know, she's a lot better to look I at were gonna than say, me. You beautiful no. face,
0: <laughs> dear
1: Jesus. No, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Our question today is from Joe. Joe asks, how did we come by 66 books instead of 73? I know you said it is written through man by God, so why do we not follow and read all 73 books? Love your podcast, all three of them. Hey, thanks, Joe, for bringing yes. that up. We have three podcasts. This one, Michael Easley in Context, which is a 45-minute interview format, and then Michael Easley Sermons. All of those are on all your favorite podcasts. and. In context is also on YouTube. Okay, back to Joe. Uh, he said they've helped me learn and come closer to God. They've also helped me figure out what I like to hear in a church. Nice. And he said some other personal stuff that I'm gonna leave out. But thanks, Joe. Thanks for <laughs> writing us. All right. So sixty-six books instead of seventy-three. What's the seventy-three dot? Is it the Apocrypha? Right. Or where does that even come so from? So in
1: the in the Catholic Bible you have additional books, first and second Maccabees, Book of Wisdom, Book of Sirach, and so forth. And those books are not let's call them canonized by the Protestant church. Little known caveat, Jerome was one of the leading Catholic scholars. Now remember, there's only one church, a Catholic scholar at the time, and he did not want these books as part of the canon. And if memory serves, the presiding Pope, and I wanna say it's Gregory, someone will correct me, actually waited until Jerome died and then put Hmm. them into the Catholic Bible. So these books were not without controversy from the beginning. Let's talk about a few things. The word canon means rule or read or like a a staff, or we'd say like a, a yardstick, perhaps. The canon is not recognized by 70 men that sit around and go, oh, that's the Bible. Now, this is a nuance, but we say, no, man recognized the canon God put in place. Number 1. Number 2. Jeff Packer has a great quote. He says the church no more gave us the New Testament canon than Sir Isaac Newton gave us the force of gravity. And you know, he discovered gravity, but gravity was always there. So think of that as a good illustration from Dr. Jeff Packer. Now, there's a number of principles when we talk about canonicity or test, how do we know this book is supposed to be in the Bible? And I want to get too boring, but let me give you a couple of them. One is apostolic or prophetic. The person whom God instructed to write the book. So when you read the minor prophets, usually he identifies himself. There's a reluctancy to the prophets. Isaiah identifies himself. Jeremiah identifies himself. Paul identifies himself in the New Testament. Matthew identifies himself. So there is a a prophet or an apostle who's recognized and called by God, and so they're recording this. We use a big term called inspiration from 2 Timothy three sixteen, theophanustus, meaning God breathed. He breathed in, and I often talk about a big A author, God, and a little A author, yep. Paul or Isaiah, whomever. So we see style. We you know Johannine theology, the Book of John, and the three epistles. Yep. There's a language similarity. Pauline letters, there's a language similarity. So all these things are coming together. Third, is there a biblical theological construct that works across the books? In other words, if there's something new and novel in a book that's not in other books of the Bible, that would call into question whether or not that was, uh, like, for example, some of the recent letters they're finding, you say, well, was the Gospel of Thomas real? Was this book another book that Jude may have written real, and so forth and so on. So that creates some tension. The idea, and it's often used as argument, I don't really like it, but I want to point it out, is it accepted by the larger church? Meaning, over history, were these books Mm -hmm. confirmed by, we'd say, orthodoxy? The so-called apocryphal books the Catholics include have a number of issues that were not accepted. Different Reformers, and remember, Reformers were Catholic priests— they weren't Protestant reformers at that time. They were trying to reform the church, and they had different opinions over some of these books. So historically, yeah. theologically, and I'm going to add one that's not often talked about geographically. Where were these books found, by whom, archaeologically, did they line up with different let's call them time-space issues. So in the New Testament, we have lots of different fragments of the New Testament. When the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, for example, there were little tiny pieces of paper called lectionaries. They're little like torn off edges. One of my professors said, we have 120% of the New Testament because we have all these shards and pieces. And when you read the manuscripts, one might say the kingdom of God one might say the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. One might say the kingdom of Christ. So let's say we have ten of those theoretically, and we're looking at them. And go is this change the theology? Does it change the accuracy? Because some of those were copyist errors. So there's a lot going on here. But in the main, the so-called apocryphal books do not align with these individual prophets or apostles. They don't align biblically and theologically, and they don't align sometimes with geography and timestamp, if you will, on when the documents were found. Can we learn things from them? Sure. Just like you can learn from a classic book, like in the Loeb series. But the canon was recognized by God, and man just goes, oh, those were the books of the Bible. What do I need to clarify?
0: No, I think that's great. I was gonna ask my follow-up was gonna be I have got a friend who is a serious Bible student, Protestant, non denominational, but she likes to read the the books in the Apocrypha just once a year. She'll read through them. And, you know, she'll be like, To me, it's like reading C. S. Lewis. Like I don't, you know, C. S. Lewis had some whack theology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he also had some very profound, impactful theology that really shaped some of the way that we sure. talk about different issues today. So I wondered what your thought would be on that but you kind of said yeah. it saying using it as like a classical text. Yeah, I
1: just be careful and you know as always I don't know what it is in this hand that we want to know what else is out there. You know what there's some oh, yeah. interesting new We want to know yeah. more.
0: I mean, especially we know very little about the life of Jesus and at the same time we know everything we need Bingo. to know, right? I mean, <laughs> but I think in all of us there's this gosh, I wish I knew so much more about what he did, what he said, where he went, who's, you know, I mean, and, and the apostles too. Yeah,
1: to that I would say you got 66 books we don't know well enough.
0: <laughs> right, I know. It's so, true.
1: you know, totally true. remember, don't ask the Bible to answer a question it doesn't. And so when we say, yeah. what about those, yeah. you know, unknown years of Jesus? Well, Scripture doesn't tell us. You have to live with some tension there. And it,
0: I hope he tells us in heaven. I hope he just, you know, one, one day sits us all down and... <laughs>
1: I think the first step across the threshold, all these questions you had, they'll be dismissed out of hand because you'll say, no, I'm with the person of Jesus Christ. And the old uh, song, the things of the earth will go strangely dim. It won't matter. And it'll be such an explosive Mm. experience of meeting your Savior without our minds Mm. that are encumbered by sin and selfishness. And we'll think, why did I ever wonder... About what Jesus did from zero to 12. (laughs) Mm, But we might also learn. Who knows?
0: Right. Interesting. All right. Well, if you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info is in your show notes or down below. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain.